Is it up? Oh. Wow. Morning, morning. Um, Clay Rose's mom died this last week, and the funeral was yesterday, and so we got to see um, Catherine was 92 years old, and uh, so we got to see Roe kids yesterday afternoon. Stephen Peter and his wife were, are here from for a few days, and I see some of her family. And they're, they've been—he's been leading worship at uh, Church 61 in London. And uh, so when Patsy and I walked up to him, uh, he looks so much taller than the last time. I thought, person his age doesn't get taller, but he looks taller. And then it occurred to me later when we were. Yes, yes, it occurred. It was kind of depressing because, yeah, it, it floated through my head that the, the doctor, I'd gone to see my cardiologist not too long ago, and he says, yeah, you're five foot nine and a half. I used to be five foot ten and a half. Yeah, so I'm shrinking. So, hmm. Ah, <laughs> yeah, so, so Stephen Peter looks... I have, makes my neck hurt. Like I have to look up at him. He didn't have fancy shoes on either, Elizabeth. He just Elizabeth's got some really cool shoes. You need to see her shoes before she leaves today. We could have had a shoe modeling thing, but it might like distract us. So, but they're cool. Uh, turn with me to John chapter eleven. We're going to do maybe the first 45 verses here. Just a minute. Um, Come, Lord. Already here, but come. Come, Lord. I don't know all the reasons that John wrote what he wrote, but the things that I've noticed are um, that... He's convincing people through the gospel of John. Uh, part of the goal is, is to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. He is God's son. He is everything that the Jews have been looking for. And then I think there's another undertone going on. Uh, because as you, as you go through the gospels, you know, especially Luke's material... But, in, but John, I started picking it up in John. I've been going through John for weeks, and um, I've enjoyed uh, Brooke. You can go back and hear Brooke's message from a couple of weeks ago. Like, what do, you, what do we do with that, those 11 days? We had a great discussion after the 40 days of appearing, and we got, they're supposed to be staying in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes, Pentecost. And we got a 10-day period in there, and what is everybody doing? And, you know, and we just had really good discussions. And then... Ron uh, Cato was here last week, and Ron will call himself a, a vineyard costal person. He's vineyard and raised Pentecostal, and he's quite colorful when he speaks. He mixes all these things up, and one of his children is married to my daughter. Uh, Chris is, so Chris and Laura. So, so uh, that was a really fun message last week. And so I've been looking at uh, just... I keep finding stories uh, to center on uh, from John. So we're going to look at the one about Lazarus. And I know where I was going with that was that um, a lot of the behaviors that 
the disciples show, their interactions uh, are, excuse me, we have it in regular, just regular church life. We do some of the same things. You know, I can't, we can't make fun of them doing, saying dumb things when we say dumb things to or our positions of things. So maybe we can uh, look for some of that in this passage today. So, uh, Lord, lead us in this. New American Standard, John chapter 11, verse 1. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. There's three of them, a brother uh, and two um, sisters. And it was the Lord, uh, I mean, it was, (laughs) Lord, I'm so tired from yesterday. Uh, It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his, uh, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick, verse 2. And verse 3, so the sisters sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold, him whom you love is sick. Talking about their brother. And verse 4, but when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness is not to, to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God might be glorified by it. Now, how does he come up with this? I mean, we know he's Jesus, right? So what's the possibilities here? Is he, when he says this, is he having a word of knowledge? You know, he, he I mean, we know he's Jesus. We know, we know he's the Messiah. We know he's the Son of God. But he's also modeling how to live. How for you and I, because the Holy Spirit's going to come and be with us, and we're going to be doing the same kind of stuff occasionally, every so often. And so we know he talks to dad. We know that he goes off in the middle of the night. You know, after they've had a day of work, he goes off by himself, gets with father, talks to him. That's how he picks the disciples. You know, he goes off and prays and then comes back and he knows who that he wants to go around with him and train them. There's different, there's these interactions that that Jesus has. Jesus is not doing what he's doing by himself. He's interacting with God the Father. And so as his children, you and I are little brothers and sisters to him, and one of our brothers, definitions of who we are besides the bride of Christ these different these different roles and one of the roles as as younger brothers and sisters is is copying what Jesus is doing now the the trick to this is that we don't run off on our own and do stuff and get in trouble you remember there's one of the stories of this is just coming to my head but you know you know where the disciples are all really fired up you want us to call lightning down he says, you guys don't know what spirit you're, you're of. In other words, I can't believe you're saying this. You know, it's like, no. Um, you know, he, he's always talking to them, you know, like, yeah, I've been with you three years and you don't understand. You remember he says sentences like that. So, you know, there, you know, he, even, even this time period, what are we now, 20 days past Easter? 
So we're in the 40 days of appearing off and on, you know. But in 20 more days, <laughs> on the final thing he's saying, and like I'm leaving, but I want you guys to stay in Jerusalem. Don't leave town until you receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, y'all still don't have it together. <laughs> You're going to get into trouble if you don't, if you don't just hang out here. So they do. And the Holy Spirit comes in. They, they suddenly they start having a lot more spiritual abilities with the Holy Spirit. They, you know, Peter can preach, not get in trouble. Okay, so, um, so this could be like a word of knowledge. Or the Father could have spoken to him. I don't know. We have to ask him someday. Verse 5, now Jesus loved Mary and her sister, That'd be Mary. I say, did I say Mary? Jesus loved Martha and her and her sister and Lazarus. And when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place that he was. Isn't that odd? This is Jesus like somebody said, Come, you know, my daughter's is sick unto death. And he starts heading toward, you know, Jairus' house and stuff. But in this case, he stays two more days. He's heard something. His interaction with God the Father. He's, he's, there's a plan going on here. Okay, so what could you and I get from that right there? Timing is important. I, I think more, more easily of the times, and y- y'all probably have some of these come up. I can't, I'm like, times where the wind the window of me talking to someone say a new person that I've never met has like a 15 second window to it from the time that I'm like one of them was a um, it's been a long time since I told you this one or some of you I was I, I had parked in the back alley and I was coming in the back door of the other building out front um, a, a, uh, a young woman uh, brought a friend. Maybe the, her mother was driving, and they were dance people. They were both in dance together. This, okay. They come in the front door of the church, or they're at the front door checking to see, is anybody here? Of course, there's no car. I'm, no one's here. I'm parked. I just parked in the back. I've had time to walk from the back of the building far enough that I can see them at the door, checking the door. That's a really small window, because they're going to leave in just another moment. But I make it. I yell at them. I come and let them in. They say, this is such and such. She's, uh, I think, at Sanford, and she's in dance. And uh, we were talking, and we were driving downtown, and we suggested that, hey, uh, whatever the situation was, uh, maybe Jim or somebody's down there. Maybe somebody could pray for you. Would you be open to that? Yes. She was open to it. Came in. We prayed for her. It was quite powerful in the moment. And then, you know, you talk a few minutes, a little chat, and then they go on. That, and that wouldn't have happened had it not been timing just that, just that moment of stuff. We all have those kind of like we're going to, this divine intersection is only going to last for a moment. And then it goes on. 
Can God take care of it some other way? Yeah, with someone else, sure. You know, but, but you and I, those, from our personal stories, we have, we have moments of a timing event. Verse 7. Then after this, after these two days he stayed, after this, I'm, I'm assuming that that's what that means, he says to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. So now he's telling them, this is where we're going, boys. And verse 8, the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Now, they're talking from logic, from the moment, from the situation that we've just been. This is a recent, a recent thing. And Jesus answers, verse 9, are there not, now he's going to answer with a spiritual metaphor here. Are there, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Hmm, what's he talking about? What's this metaphor about? About what? Okay. That's a good job. I mean, that's a good... Anyone else? Okay. So they don't have the... Someone might not have... So when you say light of God, put that in a, in a street talk. I don't know Christian, Christian stuff. What, is, what do you mean by this... Teresa, a lot of God. Don't mean to put you on the point, but. They don't have this direction coming from internal, this, this internal flashlight idea. Like, like the road's dark, but you've got this internal light that goes with you everywhere and you can see where to go. Okay, that's anybody else? Huh? Holy Spirit? Yeah? We'll have to roll that around. There might be even another one we don't think of. You know, that was, that's good. Because the light's not in him. He's kind of forceful in that little thing with the guys right there. Don't you, don't you kind of hear him being a little, just a little, I mean, I don't hear this in his, okay, boys. I mean, not in a kind of a tone. I, I get more of a, that he might have even said this faster, a little louder, a little stop. We're all walking and he stops after they say this. And turns around if they're behind. I don't know if they're behind him. You know, I don't know where they are. But like, there's kind of a kind of a moment right there. Verse eleven. This he said, and after that he said to them, "Because our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go so that I may awaken him out of sleep." So what has he just said? Okay, I told you we're going down here. You stood me down and said, hey, 
you were just in trouble down there. This is, they're basically getting on to him. They're basically saying, hey, boss, this is not a good idea. This is not, you don't want to go back down there, right? And he's going, hey, in there, you know, if you've got light, there's only so many hours of light in the daytime. If you can see where to go spiritually, but if you can see where to go, that's good. If you can't see, you're walking in darkness, you don't see. I'm, I'm seeing, I'm, here, I'm picking up something. I've got an idea. Aren't you my disciples? We're going down here, right? He, he's kind of saying that to them. And, and then he gives them the explanation. <laughs> We're going down there because Lazarus is falling asleep. Uh, so that I may awaken him out of sleep. Twelve. The disciples then said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. Do you see two planes of language going on here? One person, you want to guess which one, is being on the spiritual plane, and some guys that are with that person are on the logic plane of what you see, normal, normal stuff, normal laws of physics of the earth. This whole little section has an encounter. It's an encounter of the kingdom of heaven, the spirit realm, which governs the natural realm, and talking out of the natural realm. We all do this. Some people are, you run into people that are hmm, highly prophetic. And when they're prophetic, they talk from the spirit realm a lot to the point that it makes me crazy sometimes because I don't know what they're saying to me because they talk in a bunch of, a bunch of spiritual things where I want to stop them and go, just a minute, could you just put that in plain English right there? That little, I, don't, I didn't get the last sentence. You already said three more things to me. I've got a friend that's a pastor. He just, if I was around him, it's a continual stream of stuff. And I used to carry, take paper, anything with me, because after the first time being around him, and he would just spit out something, and he didn't seem to ever stop. He, the whole time I'm there, he's just giving me a string of little phrases, words, uh, colors, just, just a collection of things. Just a, it's, it's hard to explain unless you just see him do it. And then after somewhere in the conversation, pieces of it are like, it's like he's, it's like he's seen a thousand piece puzzle set, you know, and this was sky, and he just says, that's, that's sky blue, and that's, water, that's sea green, and that's part of a trunk, and that's part of this. He's not telling me that, what are we looking at here? He's just kicking out the puzzle, puzzle pieces. And then he starts if you're there long enough, some of the puzzle pieces start fitting with other puzzle pieces. Or, none of them went together. I had them in my pocket, sort of. And two weeks later, three weeks later, a month later, the puzzle pieces start showing up. I go, wow, he's got a spiritual... Yeah, the Holy Spirit's like giving him stuff ahead of time, but in imagery. 
And I go, wow, I wonder if this is how, like, if you're hanging out with the Old Testament prophets, is this how they talk? Like, they're talking like all these pieces, and we don't, don't know what to be getting all this stuff. And um, they're, using, they're using just normal logic. They're, they're just, uh, he'll recover, verse 13. Now, Jesus has spoken of his death, but they thought he was speaking of literal sleep, John's telling us. So, verse 14, Jesus says to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. You didn't quite get what I was saying to you, so I'm, I'm going to make it as plain as I can. Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, so that you may believe. Let us go to him. Ah, so Jesus is this is part of his training of the disciples, kind of. It, this, is a tr- this is going to be, this is, this is going to help some people. He set this up. He waited. He waited for him to, to die, make sure he's, you know, we hang in town two more days. Now we're going. Um, so you and I might have situations where, it didn't make good sense right then. And then later we go, oh my goodness, that was God's timing. He, he caused, he's using that. He's using some event that I didn't think made any good sense or was troublesome or, knowing me, probably felt irritated about it at the time. And then find out later going, oh, wow, sorry, Lord. Wow, that was, that needed to happen exactly then or the, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been at the right place at the right time. Okay, so you may believe, verse 15, let us go to him. Verse 16, therefore Thomas, who's called the twin, Didymus, says to his fellow disciples, let us go so that we may die with him. (laughs) Now, is that coming from Thomas, his spiritual plane or his natural plane? place this natural place a plus b equals we're gonna die (laughs) this is not this is not gonna go well (laughs) but okay verse 17 so when jesus came he found that he had already been in the tomb four days now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, verse 19. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Verse 20. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. And verse 21. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She knows, he's, she, she, she knows he's spiritually with God. I mean, he, she's seen stuff. She's, she knows stuff about Jesus. Verse 22, even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. I know that you and God the Father, the Creator, you are close. You say stuff to him and things happen. You could have stopped this. You, you, you could have changed this. Jesus said to her in 23, 
your brother will rise again. He's talking up here. Martha, even though Martha's kind of a mixed, you know, I, I know you and Father are like close. Uh, Martha said to him, 24, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. She's talking from her own spiritual Jewish position. Jesus says, 25, he says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. So he's agreeing with what she's saying, but verse 26, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. This is a, I affect everything. Eternity, I affect your eternal position. I, I am, you know, you know me, but, uh, you know. Do you believe this? And 26 to her. She said to him, yes, Lord. I have believed that you are the Greek, the Christ, but Messiah in Jewish, the Son of God, even he, or the coming one, literally, who comes into the world. You're the one. You're, you're the one that all the prophets have spoken of. You are more than, you have been sent by God. You are Messiah, the Savior of the earth, world. You, you are the one. I believe you're the one. Verse 28, and when she had said this, she went away and called Mary her sister, saying secretly, privately to her, the teacher's here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and was coming to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where, where Martha had met him. And the Jews who were with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary had gotten up quickly, went out and they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. 32. And therefore Mary came where Jesus was and saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him the very same thing that her sister Martha said. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Here comes Jesus being tender. Not only is the Messiah, he's a man. He's a friend. He knows these two girls and their brother closely. And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. Literally troubled himself. And said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. We want to know, I want to know where the grave thing is, like the tomb. They had enough money to afford a, you know, stone, a room, a stone that rolls down a trench into it to cover it up and keep people out of it and dry. Lord, come and see. 35. Jesus wept.
So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man also from dying? People just being logical, just being, just, just being natural. 38. So Jesus, again, being, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. That was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus says, remove the stone. Martha, the worker bee sister, you know, she's on top of stuff. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, but this time there will be a stench, for he's been dead four days. Is she being in her spiritual place or in her thinking logical place? Logical place. She's being in her logical place. What is that? That's our need to be in control, isn't it? We want to be in control. Our natural man so wants to be in control that it will overtake your spiritual man and run the show if you don't watch it. it. Happens to me all the time. We're all potentially today may have an encounter in the Spirit, by the Spirit, but our natural mind takes over and starts running the situation. And we're going to miss the spiritual moment because our natural, logical, of this earth, of this physical universe where the laws of physics are, are taking place, is ruling. Nobody's going to hear to cut a limb off of a tree and throw it in the water, and the iron axe head is going to float up in the water because that doesn't happen in the natural realm. But it does if it's spiritual-driven. If it's spiritual-driven, you go fill the containers with water, and you take them over there, and by the time they get there, it's fermented wine. That does not happen in this universe of natural universe. But when the kingdom of heaven, which this universe is under, when it starts activating, doing whatever God's will is, it affects time-space. Now, the danger part of this is, and we all know, and it could be you and I might have done it. Trying to be careful how I say this. Religion gets involved with the real spiritual universe. And religion is witchcraft. Religion will get you to do something like tell you to say, in Jesus' name, I tell you to do such and such, when it wasn't God talking at all. You signed his name off on something, and he didn't even sign. It, it wasn't him. It was us. It was the natural. 
It was the religious. It's witchcraft. The real God can answer by fire, can cause the stones to be licked up in the flames, despite how much water you put down there. Because it started in the heavens, and the prophet is hearing that. We're suffering from this in so many places. We can suffer in this room today. Right now, who's here? We, we can come up with something that's made, that sounds so wise and it not be, not be coming from God. John Wimber would have said or demonstrated that he wanted us to learn to follow the Spirit, and it, was, and it was worth us looking silly and missing it and trying it than not trying at all. And so he'd come up with that little phrase, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. you got to take a risk if you're trying to hear. But he was quick to get enraged over someone being religious. Because he did not want that, he did not want that to be what drove us. He wanted there to be true power evangelism. Evangelism that came from signs and wonders activity so that people would see it and go, oh my goodness, God is alive. I believe in you. He wanted healing to come that way. I've been listening to Randy Clark the last, uh, often on the last few weeks, because I, I hadn't been around Randy in a long time. He's still out there doing stuff. And it reminds me of being around Wimber. Sometimes that we would be standing someplace, and there's somebody that's wanting God. And somebody would start to walk over and lay hands on them like we normally would do. And John would say, ah, wait, don't touch them. Let them stand right there. And he would say, come Holy Spirit. And he would wait. And he would wait past comfort. You know, there's that like waiting. You know, so many seconds have gone by. It's not bad. And now that seconds is turning into almost a minute. Somewhere past the minute mark, you start going, hmm, wow, nothing's happening. Hmm, this is getting uncomfortable. John seemed to know exactly that it was going to take 30 seconds, two minutes, someplace past where we were comfortable, and then God starts showing up. And then it was good that we had waited. Because we knew it wasn't him. Nobody touched anybody. Nobody had been playing just as I am 59 times on the organ. You know, it was, it was God. It was God showing up. The atmosphere got charged like you thought lightning was going to strike. It was God. 
I want to get back to being that way. I want to actively lean into that again. By the time there will be a stench. Verse 39, for he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? He's having to press this for a moment. He's waiting. They got with it. They moved the stone. And then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he whispered, didn't he? No. No. I'm telling you that sometimes... You're going to have to go beyond doing it where you're comfortable. If you want to whisper it, and he's going to go, no, I want you to say it loud. No, I want you to stand on the chair to say it. No, I want you to scream it with all of your might. He cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the man who had died, came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings. I'm sure it's a little waddling. I mean, you kind of tied up. You know, his face was, was wrapped around with the cloth. He still got the whole, the whole burial outfit on. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he had done believed in him. And the Pharisees, you go on, whoa, this is bad. He's going to cause us to lose our place with the wrong. We've got to do something. So you go in and read the chapter, and the high priest, under the anointing of the office of high priest, not because he was a godly man, but because he was in the office, said, it is going to be good if one pays for the many. He prophesied from the office that Jesus was going to have to be killed for the sake of the many, which is from. We are here. Because part of the thing was the high priest was saying that we got to take him out. But that sentence was coming from up here, even though he was down here and he was, but he was speaking out of the office. So our issue will always be spiritual communication from the kingdom of heaven versus natural 
logic, systematic thinking. But, but also the warning is, is that we don't let a religious thing take over. And we run into this in all kinds of circles of Christianity. And you will hear voices tell you, you know, or you've heard them say it to somebody else, well, you just don't have enough faith. That would have happened if you'd had enough faith. I would, I would like to say it's not about how much faith that we have. It's about how well we hear and obey. It's, it's how well we, and that hearing is more than just hearing. You know, it is seeing something. Or hearing something. Or, or tactile, kind of kinesthetic. You feel something. You just feel drawn. You don't know why. You're just drawn across the room to somebody. Even when you get there, you said, I don't know why I'm over here, except that I feel drawn over here. Could I pray for you? And then it turns into this next thing. Whatever. This is a spiritual universe. Kingdom of heaven rules the natural. Mm. Come cut us off.